Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast and it's episode number 80. We're octogenarians, Al. We are, we are. And I'm back in black. For those of you who can see me, yes. I'm wearing a black t-shirt, but I'm back in black. Yes, a good Ooh. album that too. Um, and uh, Anton, you're here too. Hello, Anton. Hello, I can't believe you missed the 150th slash 79th podcast, but uh, I think we've got a fun show today. Yeah, we do indeed. Uh, yeah, 150 last week, which was quite incredible when you think about, um, you know, it's only a year and eight months roughly since we started this podcast. So actually, that's a lot of recording we've done in that, that time. That is a lot of breathing into microphones, effectively. I mean, that's what you're doing. Yeah. You're just breathing into microphones with some altered sound waves. So you guys have done a lot of breathing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Socially distanced, obviously. Naturally. You know. Naturally. Uh, so it's been uh, a good week for us Patreon-wise. It's been very, very busy on the Discord chat as well. So thank you to everybody who's been involved. We've got a birthday as well. So happy birthday to Carrie. Hey, happy birthday, Carrie. Carrie's always the one that's um, that's really talking about Fire Emblem and Three Houses. That's Carrie's thing and, and actually has got pretty much um, everyone now wanting to play it. And everyone that has played it has reported back amazing things. So Carrie's got a lot to answer for if we enjoy... Um, uh, that game, the Fire Emblem game, then um, we, we know who to blame. Yeah, James. <laughs> oh. Well, James started it off. But also, I think Carrie's always been a... I think that's that's Carrie's game. So, yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to get into it. Have you, have you played any of it, Anton? I haven't. I've, uh, you know, it's big, long RPGs and then my calendar. They don't get on quite well, but uh, I think them for it kind of slowly infecting everyone in the our lovely little discord i'm like okay i think uh i think it's past the nsukp test yeah, yeah even i'm contemplating buying it now and that's saying something yeah <laughs> i'm the same and it's not a game i initially thought but everybody said so many good things about it uh, so anyway happy birthday carrie i hope you've had a, a lovely day lots of switch playing hopefully and uh yes and thank you for being one of our Many lovely Patreon supporters. We got another new one this week as well, Al. We did. So welcome, Neil. Lovely to have you with us. We uh, we Hello. always appreciate new patrons or returning patrons or just anyone that wants to even think about becoming a patron. So um, if you're so minded you want to help support us, then yeah, go go check us out. You can either search for us on Patreon or go to the website nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. And we would yeah. love and- to have you on the team. And it does really make a huge difference for us. It helps us run basically what we're doing and it keeps us being able to sort of, you know, cover the costs of what it does. We don't make any money from it, but we cover the costs and anything else we put into lovely things like our mug, which is uh, one of the perks. If you're one of our N64 tier members, for those that are watching live, there may be an Easter egg somewhere in Al's room, but we we could no, not confirm nor deny that. Um, but yes, the um, the mugs are for those of you who join on the N64 tier. You get that after six months of service, I, I assume, which is, you know, it's a nice service, Anton. It, there's lots of good stuff happening. Indeed. And, you know, the, the extra six, like 60 odd podcasts in the last couple of months uh, have came from over there because we do so much stuff. We do Last Call, which we'll be recording just after this. We've got Roundup. We've got the prequel. We had a really fun episode about the original Xbox this week. And yeah, we keep ourselves busy. And then, of course, live podcasts where we just have a good, good little chat, a good little bit of gossip. Yeah, we'll be doing one of those actually in a week on Monday, probably, I would think, judging by the 
uh, the dates in the calendar. So that'll be fun. And yeah, let's talk about what we've been playing this week then. Um, Anton, I'll come to you first. What's your week been like oh, Switch-wise? Um, you know, Animal Crossing, as always, the top dog. Uh, I've managed to get two of my dream villagers, which I'm just so chuffed about. I've got uh, a cat called Raymond who wears waistcoats and drinks tons of coffee. Uh, I, I relate to him on a spiritual <laughs> level, as you can tell. I relate to him and he's not even in my game. <laughs> yeah, Raymond's the best. He's like actually super rare, so I'm super fortunate to have him. And then I've got uh, one called Rold, which is like a dumb, goofy penguin that has their own Twitter account where it's just memes. Uh, Rolls fantastic uh, and then outside of that doing some more burnout really been scraping the, the meat off the bone with that one I've done all of the free burn challenges I've like 100% the majority of the game absolutely loving that and that's been the, the big two for me I needing to start something new but how about yourself Al what, what sort of stuff have you been playing as of late I have literally been playing one game and one game only which is the uh, Lego Marvel's Superheroes 2 or whatever it's called which is still quite good fun but it's, the glitching is really beginning to annoy me in it <laughs> I spent two, two maybe even three hours playing the game one night picked it up the next day and had forgotten every single thing that I'd done despite the fact I said it was auto-saving all the way through getting really hacked off but at the same time I keep playing it so it's my own fault yeah, it's surprising because I this is the second time you've had an issue with a Lego game. and I've Oh, it's notorious. Out. I googled it. Many people have had this problem with it. I'm not alone. Oh, well. Fair enough. I have got the game. I haven't played it yet, so that'll probably annoy me when that happens too. Uh, I've been playing uh, actually Deadly Premonition and also watching um, uh, Twin Peaks as well. So uh, not at the same time, but essentially it is starring the same main protagonist character so it's uh, it is really alarming how similar they are i mean i knew they were and i've seen a bit of twin peaks in the past but i'm going back to the start and watching it and enjoying it more now that i played deadly premonition but uh, leona told me something yesterday that i didn't know about deadly premonition the first one and there's a side mission you can do so you can do fast travel and i'm like why did i not know this because i've just been driving for hours <laughs> just <laughs> bored and the driving's terrible like it's really rubbish but it's a great game but a terrible game as well so it's going to do that mm. um i've also played um well actually this week one of the big things i did this week was transfer my games onto 500 gig uh sd card which was Brave. which was good yeah, well, it was easy enough um, because your saves are all there and um, they don't go, they're on the cloud and they, they were all fine. And the other ones were in the, uh, saved onto the Switch itself. So there was no issue with the saves. Um, the annoying thing was the process of transferring it using a computer, using my Mac, you know, obviously formatting it and all the rest of it just didn't work. Wouldn't have it, wouldn't read it. So I had to go and re-download everything on the Switch, which to be honest, I've got super fast internet. So it didn't take that long. And I've just been doing that as I've been playing stuff. But uh well, you know, some of us have got super fast internet. Oh, what can I say? You just made a rude gesture to me on the camera. <laughs> it wasn't a rude gesture. I think you'll find it was a reference to a 1990s TV show. Yeah, well, I don't remember that film, TV show. What was it? Which one? <laughs> oh, now you're asking. I was hoping see, you wouldn't ask me that. See, it making was, it up it as you go along. the same one that the, uh, this week I has been mostly eating and whatever from the shed. What was it called? The Fast Show. That's what it was. It was a Fast Show. Oh, vaguely. Um, yeah, anyway, so, uh, so I transferred all my games across. And that's been good. And uh, it means I've now got a lot more space than I did before, obviously, because before I was having to delete games every time I put something new on, because you know what I'm like with games. And uh, I've been playing a few demos as well. Just just been kind of like picking up a bit and trying bits and pieces. I haven't had an awful lot of time this week, but uh, my goal is to finish Deadly Premonition and uh, Paper Mario. But I did play the demo briefly of Hypnospace Outlaw, which is one of the new ones yeah. that's um, mm. coming out from the 
indie world direct and it's the one where it's all sort of based in the late 90s um and you know you get get a sort of desktop with the late 90s kind of computer and and you, it's it's cool i haven't really got into it yet it's getting really well reviewed though although some people are saying it's a little complicated at times but um yeah I, the the feel of it it just felt like a really old school uh, late 90s computer so yeah I, I really like the feel of it I'm going to go back to the demo and play it when I'm more awake because I, I, I wasn't quite awake enough and I was not paying attention enough to really get it but I recommend checking out the demo because it's there and it's worth worth a shot um, have you have you thought about this one Anton because it seems like something that I think you would try yeah. out yeah I, I won't lie I'm a little bit cautious because I did hear uh, apparently the mouse and keyboard support of the game was added by request by Nintendo which had me a little bit worried that maybe it wasn't the most easy to play game with a, a like normal controls. So that's left me a little bit holding back. But how how is it how has it felt playing it on the Switch? Yeah, it's similar to like a football manager or whatever. The, the mouse moves fairly fast with the Joy Cons. It's not slow, so that's good. The downside is with it being fast, your accuracy is a little bit more. It's a little bit more difficult. But you're not really the icons are fairly big. You don't really need to be flying around the screen with it it is a little fiddly but it's nothing that um i'm too worried about but you can apparently you can plug a keyboard and mouse into your switch cradle in order to actually make it feel authentic um so i'm really tempted to try that if i can find a mouse and a keyboard with usb i think i've got a usb mouse actually but i'm not sure if i have a usb keyboard so i'd be willing to i'd be up for trying that that, that could be quite fun just for the experience of it it would be different. Yeah, I've, I've not tried doing that yet either. I hadn't even thought about plugging a mouse and keyboard in. But then I've got no games that it would work for. But who still has USB mice and keyboard these days? That's such well, a little thing. Well, it is, I mean, look, the thing is you can pick them up super cheap. So I think the whole point of this game is it is a proper retro experience. It is getting really well reviewed. I mean, Nintendo Life gave it a 9 out of 10 and they notoriously go for 8 out of 10 across the board when it's something good. Uh, so a 9 out of 10 is good. And, um, mm. you know, I think... If you, I think if you're, you might not enjoy it as much, Anton, as maybe I do, just because it probably is like, you know, because you're younger, I guess, it's probably not got that retro <laughs> vibe. But I mean, you are a retro collector and a, a retro, um, you know, a retro gamer. So I, I suspect you'll like it from that point of view. I'm not sure if you'll quite enjoy the retroness as much as I did because I'm older. I am up to give it a go. And um, I'm fortunate enough where I do have wired mouse and keyboards as of just gaming keyboards and mouse so like their wires. So I might go for the, the true pro gamer experience, uh, which is ironic because the only game I use my gaming keyboard on the Switch for is Animal Crossing. So I have a real keyboard to just uh, show absurdities at uh, fellow villagers. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. I mean, that sounds like fun in itself, to be perfectly honest. Uh, listen, we've got a busy show on the way tonight because a little bit later on, we've got Indie Corner with Leona and uh, we're going to be hearing all about uh, a new game, a game that was showcased at the recent Indie World Direct. So very much looking forward to getting Leona's thoughts on that. Uh, that'll be a little bit later on, but I think right now we should move on and talk about this week's news. Tell us that people want to know. First up, Size 5 Games have announced Lair of the Clockwork God. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch. It's a point point-and-click platform with high-quality comedic writing. On paper, that sounds, uh, that sounds up my street. Al, what was your initial impression of this one? I, probably similar to you, actually. The initial impression was, that sounds up my street. And to be fair, it has got very well reviewed. Uh, the, the comedy of it seems to be what everybody loves the most, but it's um, 
blended two different genres quite effectively. It's sort of, you know, as you said, point and click and platformer. But point and click mm-hmm. and platformer seems like a weird combination, but apparently it worked really, really well. They've put a lot of effort into this. So definitely want to check out by the, the sound of it. What do you make out, Anton? Yeah, uh, you know, it's an interesting one where the, the comedy uh, and the melding of these two elements definitely seems to be the highlight of it. The promotional content provided by Size 5 Games doesn't really showcase the comedy elements of the game too strongly. So, um, you know, I'm very much going on the words of the kind of high praise that it's gotten, but I would be lying if uh, I said that the high praise wasn't drawing me in slightly. Yeah. Mm. I do like the art style of it. I think, again, it's doing something that is is nice and you know as you said Al and you know the reviews are very good for it which I think again is is something that makes us um, you know more interested in it but I think more than that it's the it's the merging of an old school two old school genres um, but bringing them together I've not really seen that in the same way I don't I can't think of many point and clicks where it's also been a platformer um, I think it very much looks like the kind of classic point and click games you know it's got a vibe of um, those sort of Monkey Island almost animations, slightly more janky, slightly more kind of unusual yeah, looking. That's but a great word for it. <laughs> yeah, janky is a good word. It, it, it's cool though, and I, I like it. And I, I think the platform elements might just add something new. So for me, this is one I'm definitely going to check out. I'm not sure whether or not it'll be a day one purchase. Uh, well, but if you do, I, it's cheaper. They've got a 15 percent discount at the moment, so it's supposed to be 20 dollars, and which I guess will be about 20 quid. At the moment, it's got a 15 percent discount if you pre-order it. So yeah. Comes out on the 4th of September. You've got time to do it. Good. All right. Well, it's not that long to wait, so we'll check that out. And uh, yeah, as we say, getting really good reviews. Here's one that I am interested in, and there's a bit of a history as to why. Greenheart Games have announced game, game dev Tycoon. It's coming to Switch. You can start a game studio in the 80s, grow your company through the decades, uh, manage staff and invest, and cross saves with PC and mobile, which is really good. We always talk about how much that can be important, especially with a strategy game and a management sim. Uh, play with touch and controller, 8th of October. Now, I played game dev with the Kairosoft one um, on mo- mobile, probably as many hours as I played any game like I, I probably played you know 100 hours in that game um, just because I found it so addictive so this two things one I'm really excited about this one because it looks really good and it's getting well reviewed but I'm also too really worried about this one because I feel like it's going to take this is the reason I haven't bought Football Manager again <laughs> because it'll take away so much time um, that I don't have so I, I do like the look of it um, I love Anything that you can, you know, video games and simulation. I mean, how much fun, you know, is that? And game dev just took away so many hours. The Kairosoft one, I suspect this will do the same. Al, what about you? Well, I've never played it. I mean, it's been so hyped that at some point I should have played it. But I have to say, I, I'm I'm massively looking forward to coming out. I just hope they don't price it stupidly because it's something like seven quid on Steam. It's not an expensive game elsewhere. I'm guessing it's even cheaper on mobile, probably. So as so long as they don't do a Nintendo and overcharge, then I think it's definitely one that a lot of people go out and buy. There's a lot of love for the game. And I, for one, want to give it a bash and find out what all the fuss is about. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes, it doesn't quite work. And you have a 
construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, I'm I'm totally there with you. Where it's at five pounds on mobile, seven on Steam. Uh, so I'm hoping they don't charge too much. But I played this in early access, which would have been like 2012, and they've been adding to it over the years and refining and kept touching it up a little. And it, I loved it. Um, I similar to yourself, Mike. Poured so much time on it. I've revisited a couple times over over the years and uh, just tried to perfect it. There's one point where. I spent so much time on it, I broke the the money counter and it just started like breaking out of the UI and covering the whole screen. Uh, Basically, MMOs make tons of money if you just make DLC. Anyway, (laughs) uh, super excited. Uh, It's a little bit ugly... Like, it's not the most beautiful game, oh, but come the on. gameplay will surely awesome. addict you. Well, actually, it's funny you think it looks ugly, because to me, I think it looks really, really pretty, but it, it harks back to an era when I used to play a lot of games that kind of looked like this, yeah. so I maybe just yeah. have mm. uh, an, uh, a fondness for it from, from you know, rem- nostalgic reasons. Reminds me of, like, the theme park days or the... Yeah. Um, or even um, theme hospital or something like that. It's got that kind of aesthetic about it. Um, I actually think... It's a weird one because the Kairosoft one went down very much the route of the pixel art, whereas this one's more cartoony looking almost. Um, but I think it, I think I don't think it matters. I really don't think it matters with this, you know, uh, whether or not you like the animation or you think it looks dated, because it is all about the addictiveness it, 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 uh, the game is. And it, to be honest, it's one of the most addictive games out there. So if you yeah. want to get a lot of return for your money 8th of October Game Dev Tycoon I recommend checking it out next up Kaizen Game Works have announced Paradise Killer it's a stylish murder mystery game with uh, groovy vibes is that groovy vibes are we saying groovy yep. vibes uh, coming out on the 4th of September so that's uh, just at the end of the week now I do like a mul- uh, murder mystery Al I must admit that's another there's a lot of games this, this week that I like the look of I've got to say this is a good week but um this one I'm in two minds about because I do like the idea. I quite like the sort of sandboxy look of, you know, when you can jump around and sort of like investigate things around a big kind of looks like quite an open world kind of scenario. I like that. I'm not sure. I'm in two minds, though, because a lot of it is going to be on whether is it boring? That's my worry. I, I love the idea of it. It looks good. Love the mystery. But is it going to bore me? What do you think, Al? I don't know. I mean, I, without being able to play it, it's going to be hard to say. But the fact it's completely open world and you basically go around figuring out who everybody is. You have got a past with, I think, almost all the characters in it. Some of them were your friends, some of your enemies. There's a lot of people. Apparently all the characters have got dirty secrets and you've got to figure out who killed Paradise and take them to court and build a case and make it watertight. And it sounds really quite difficult but probably quite good fun definitely up your street probably not up mm-hmm. mine um the characters themselves are just weird and kooky and just the style of it is so out there and awesome it's it's a fascinating game i'm really really intrigued to see how this actually ends up being reviewed when it's released because it's not like anything i've really seen before I mean, what's your take on it, anton yeah i'm very similar where i'm like probably not something i would buy but i could see a lot of people possibly falling in love with it you know it's kind of got the the wackiness of like the characters in Fortnite with like the style of Vice City, which uh, that just sounds like money in 2020. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really compelling the idea. I think it's something they can. It might just fall a little bit flat, but it could also just be a, a knockout success. So excited to see more of it, Mike. Yeah, I think it looks really 
pretty. I think it's well done. I think it's got real potential. And if it does realise that open world murder mystery vibe properly, then it could be a real winner because I think that's a really cool idea. Lots of different ideas this week. Games that we, you know, they're not the... It's nice that we haven't started off this week with, here's a Metroidvania game. Here's a roguelite. You know, it's it's quite nice that we have some different sort of types of game. Not that I'm knocking those games, but, I'm, you know, <laughs> a little bit knocking them. Uh, next up, PM Studios announced Good Pizza, Great Pizza. Talk to customers, tailor pizza, cook and expand your business. It's coming out this week, the 3rd of September. I'm having deja vu. And again, vu. <laughs> what's that, sorry? I'm having deja vu. We just had a pizza yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, because it was, yeah, of course there was just a couple of weeks ago we were talking about one, but this one again, well-reviewed. I like the look of this again. Uh, it is a, a game you can pick up in the App Store, so it's, it's maybe one that you're worth shopping around for and looking for a cheaper version because I suspect that, you know, if you've got a Google Play, for example, then it, it's probably cheaper. Having said that, uh, it is well-reviewed. I don't mind mobile games coming across when they're well-reviewed and it looks kind of fun. Pizza? Who doesn't love pizza, Al? Well, exactly. And to be fair, I was being slightly flippant because although it's a pizza game, it's a very <laughs> different flippant, style of pizza flippant. game. I did totally it didn't is. do that deliberately. But this one looks quite, not maybe not calm, but the aesthetic is very cartoony and very pastely and all very... Nice, and whereas the other pizza game, what it was called, Pizza Simulator, I think it was, was mm-hmm. almost sort of photorealistic type stuff. So yeah, so it's a nice change if you if you like your pizza simulators, and who doesn't? You've got a choice now. Yeah, I think where the other one, you know, there's a slight fear it's going to be clunky and slightly broken. This one feels tight, well tidy, like just well put together and clean aesthetic. Just you know, not over complicated, which may. Which makes me feel hopeful that, you know, this one is going to be a, at least a moderately good game, whereas the other one could be a little bit of a rest. So, you know, I, I'm hungry, hungry talking about pizzas, never mind making them. <laughs> yeah, well, 3rd, 3rd of September, you can get that one. Uh, next up, interesting one, this one, because first of all, who does not love St- Space Invaders? It's a classic. It's still good fun to play. Taito have announced Space Invaders Forever. It's a collection that features Space Invaders Extreme, Space Invaders Gigamax 4SE and Arkanoid versus Space Invaders. Here's my issue with it though. Um, if I'm wanting a collection of Space Invaders games, I want more than three games and I want some of the originals in there too. So some of the proper going back in time. I want to be able to play the Atari 2600 version and I want to be able to play you know, the first arcade version. These look great. I have to say, I, I like the look. If you like Space Invaders, these will be great. I'm not sure who's going to pay full price for it at the moment. And I certainly think if you're going to have a collection, you need the collection, not three games. Al, what's your take on it? I'm totally on the same page as you, buddy. I, I don't quite get what's going on with this. I mean, yes, everybody loves Space Invaders. It's a classic. It's it's why we're all playing video games today. If, if Space Invaders wasn't made, the games industry probably exist at least not the same way it is now so i mean there's a there's a lot of reason to love playing the game not a lot of reasons to buy this that i can see unless anton wishes to disagree with me oh I, i'm i'm with you you know i think they could have maybe got away with this if it was like uh, a game that you can go through and complete like a castlevania then you move on to castlevania 2 but in all honesty you only really need one space invaders and you know if it was like here's like a hundred space invaders and like the PS one remake and yeah. the one where we tried to make it edgy and you know the Mega Drive sci fi ones, then you know that would be cool. But this is just a couple space invaders. It's a 
it's a hard buy, especially when it's got a physical edition. You know, yeah. if you're wanting a retro box set, you've got that right next to the Mega Drive collection, which is 40, 60 games. And it's um, also worth pointing out, you can already buy Space Invaders on the Switch because the Invincible collection came out earlier this year, I think. It was like March or something. Space Invaders is already on the Switch. I don't yeah. know what they're doing with this. Well, I think I think mm. these games are... You know, they're, they're supposed to be three of the kind of prime examples of, of you know, a good take on Space Invaders. But as Anton says, I think, you know, it isn't like Castlevania Collection, which, by the way, you, I picked up for like £3 in the sale and it has like eight games and it's a really good value, even though I probably won't play it an awful lot. It's a great one to have in the collection. This one, I can't see me buying it physically unless it was like maybe at a tenner, maybe a tenner or less, I might buy it, but I, do, I just don't see it. I just don't see it being one that you're going to rush out and buy. But if you are a massive Space Invaders fan and you've always wanted those three specific games, then uh, you'll be able to get it physically, which is good news. Here's a game I am interested in, though. Badland <laughs> Publishing have announced Alpaca Ball All-Stars. It's football with alpacas. <laughs> Told you, this week it's all about the unusual ideas and I really, really like this idea. 15th of October, imagine Rocket League with alpacas. Um, kind of that kind of vibe. It's just the most ridiculous game. There seems to be other mini games in there too. I'll, I could see... Me and you having a lot of fun playing this one. Well, particularly because alpacas are basically my spirit animal. I mean, it's got my name on it, Al. And they look ridiculous, like I do. So alpacas and video games is a great combination. And yeah, it just looks so much fun, this. Alpacas playing basketball, alpacas playing football, alpacas playing American football, ice hockey, you name it. I'm totally up for this. It's the neck (laughs) movement, Anton, that I love. It's the way they swing their necks Mm. to hit the ball. It's just, it looks hilarious. Yeah, you know, it looks fun. Pick up and play. Uh, I must say I'm a little fatigued football-wise. Um, oh! But yeah, <laughs> no. there's, there's been a lot of, like, football indie games, but, you know, this one looks solid. And, uh, you know, I think with the right group of people, um, you know, you could have a fantastic evening with friends, um, if not a couple friends at the end of it, depending on how well the game goes. <laughs> you know what's well, really cool about this launch, though? It's coming out on Steam and Switch to begin with, and then it's going to the other consoles later. We're not getting it later. We're getting it first. Yeah, I love that. Um, They know. It's a Joy-Con game. It's a prime console for multiplayer. I mean, speaking of football games, um, because I don't... I mean, there are a lot of indie title, indie sort of football-based games, but they're all quite different. I mean, I I have to say that there's quite a variety of... I'm still waiting for a really good football game. Having said that, Captain Tsubasa, um, which came out the other week, when that drops in price... It just looks amazing fun, and I cannot wait to play that. The reviews are in on that, and it's just really, really strong. So uh, even if you're not a football fan, it's like proper RPG football. It looks great. I cannot wait to play that. Um, but uh, this one, uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm totally up for this. So this is great. It doesn't feel like football anyway. It's alpacas. You know, it's a whole different thing. I, I think it's just going to be awesome. Uh, next up, um, Daedalic Entertainment have announced the Lord of the Rings Gollum. If you want to reference that you might think of it as similar to Prince of Persia, mostly a non-combat game, uh, but Gollum's going to be able to stealthily take out enemies. However, it's not going to be easy and will come with big risks. We want players to carefully weigh these encounters. Coming out 2021. This was a kind of weird announcement, Al, because it's quite a big franchise. Well, it's not quite a big franchise. It's a huge franchise. Um, It's not something we've heard a lot of recently, video game-wise. It looks... It's got potential. This it does have potential. I'm not entirely sure why the timing is is has has it basically is now because there's no movie coming out and it's supposed to be tying in with the books rather than the movies. It's got nothing to do with the movie franchise whatsoever. Um, but it's an intriguing 
idea. You're basically following Smeagol or um, Gollum through the story of Lord of the Rings, but the whole thing is from his point of view, and he's just sneaking around doing his thing, and it could be quite a cool game, actually. Uh, I don't yeah. know, there's not that much been given away from the trailers that I've seen, unless... Uh, do you know much more about it, Anton? Yeah, it's, um, it's you know, it's, it's very much out of nowhere. Um, you know, it's the trailer is literally just a cinematic. It looks very gorgeous, to be honest. It looks um, very un-Nintendo Switch. It looks more like a, a PS4, Xbox One uh, title, and, you know, considering the last two Lord of the Rings games were the two Shadow of Mordor and uh, Middle-Earth-style games, those were big triple a you know you need the best pc on planet earth to run sort of games so the bar is high for more lord of the rings content but i'm on board for this i think that idea of being doing a self game but you're more fragile mm. really incentivizes itself so you know some of the most recent self games you get we've had it's been like oh if you're caught you just have to shoot your way through the level and it'll be kind of boring because we didn't make good gunplay but making yourself fragile now that's a uh, that adds to the game, so I'm kind of intrigued, and it's not modern, it's older. Um, surprisingly enticed, yet haven't seen the movies or read books or anything yeah, like that. I think it's a cool, really fun game regardless. Yeah, some cool decision-making stuff going on there as well, because the whole the whole um, internal battle between Smeagol and um, Gollum is played out, and you, you've got decisions that you've got to make, sort of, you know, telltale style, but you you apparently you've got to move your mouse and press a couple of buttons your mouse your cursor a couple of times and press buttons to make the decision but they're always moving around so apparently it's really hard to make the decisions and it sounds like they've got some really interesting mechanics in there yeah. but um, I- what you were saying there about the graphics Anton does lead me a little bit to wonder uh, and I suspect we might come into this later on the rumours but maybe it's not being designed for the current Switch just saying well we'll talk about that a little bit later on of course and um, one of the things I really like about it I remember a game I think it was on the PlayStation 2 where it was a stealth game where it was a proper stealth game where you had no I think it was was it called Prisoner of War I want to say where you had to escape from a prisoner camp and um, you had nothing you had no weapons so if you were caught you that was it and I really like that idea. I don't think we have enough of those um, sort of stealth games where you really are, you know, reliant on being stealthy because I'm not very good at those games, but I like the idea of them. So for me, I end up just shooting, <laughs> just being like, I'll run and shoot everywhere, but that's not going to happen here. So yeah, it's it's an interesting take and um, we'll keep an eye on it because um, it is 2021. More in the rumours a little bit later on though. Next up, Poyo Poyo Champions got a new update. It adds spectator mode, colour adjustment, game speed, gummy Poyo, uh, field option, detailed match information, autoplay, Rafasol and Papritsu. Um, yeah, so I've got Tetris versus Poyo Poyo, which I really enjoy, but um, I do, being colourblind, I find Tetris easier because of the shapes, although... Poyo Poyo is not that bad, even being colorblind, and there are modes that you can make easier. Um, but yeah, good good update anyway. I guess it's uh, if you've got this particular version of it, it means that you're getting a load of new stuff. Is it a paid one, Anton, or is it just a free update? Uh, this is a, a free update, but it's quite lovely what the what Pew Pew Champions really is because you find with a lot of platforming like classic uh, puzzle franchises, whether it's Tetris or something like that. There's a lot of gimmicky versions of it now. You know, it's such a long-running franchise that, you know, if you're wanting to play Tetris, you have Tetris Effect 99 or Puyo Puyo Tetris. You don't have, like, just Tetris. And the fact that this is just, like, the definitive version of Puyo Puyo for just... You can do eSports in it. It's just proper, just high quality. I think it's just nice, and it's nice to see they're adding stuff, Al. 
It is. It's nice when developers give games a bit of love afterwards for no apparent reason other than to keep the game being played. And it's great. And Poyo Poyo is a fantastic game. Admittedly, I've never actually owned it, but I've played it plenty of times. And um, yeah, it's just it's nice to see that we're actually getting additional stuff for nothing. Thank you very much. Yeah, and it's a good franchise, so it's nice to see that continue. And next up, NBA 2K21's getting a demo on the Switch, so basically buy yourself a new SD card if you want to download that one, because usually it's like 4,000 billion gigs or something, Anton. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> they gave it away for practically free the last game a while back, and I was just like, I'm the one yeah, before. that's never getting downloaded. <laughs> it's like 30 gigs. Well, um, I did download but- it. <laughs> What is nice about this is it is coming out uh, a week or two early before the game. So, you know, bring on more of that because it would be nice Mm. to just take a little wee taster of some of the upcoming releases. Yeah, I mean, if they do this for a hockey game uh, 2K, then I'm in. But um, yeah, it's cool. And, and, you know, there's going to be plenty of people that will be interested in this. And I think it's great giving away a demo a week early. And as you say, more of that, please. Uh, Gung Ho Online Entertainment have announced uh, Ninjala uh, X Sonic the Hedgehog. So this is like, um, there's, there is an update as well for Ninjala, I think. So this is, is this part of that update, Anton? They've literally not said a thing about what it is, but the okay. internet's going well, so, you know, I think it's uh, good to let everybody know. But um, it's interesting where they announced this, and there's been rumours that they're doing a crossover with Fall Guys, which makes mm. me think Zega are maybe trying to out-combat, or at least bolster a little, and get ready for the year of Mario. So it's like, that isn't the default platformer, but... Uh, Hopefully they do some interesting stuff because we're getting the second season of Ninjala on the, on the way, as you, you alluded to. And it's, you know, Ninja, that's quite a long while for a single season of an esports title. Like I think Especially Fortnite's when there's only, for, there's only, only yeah. really one arena. <laughs> Indeed. And, you know, Fortnite's went for a couple of seasons there. Fall Guys is on. It's going to be going into its second season now. So, you know, hoping they, they really revitalize the game with this one because I know all of us are interested in it but never really sunk our teeth into it sadly yeah i mean i think you guys have both downloaded it i still haven't even got around to downloading it yet but um yeah the season two brings i think it's a new stage new abilities new weapons and new boards i have no idea what that means because i've not played it but apparently there's new boards and that's a big deal yeah i mean it is a big deal because there literally is only one so it's it, it, you know i there's something about nin, nin, ninjala as we call it or ninjala as it says in the opening sequence um in the it should be everything we want from a game. It should completely work. And there's something, it just falls short. It just doesn't quite hit the mark for me um, in the time I've spent on it uh, so far. So maybe I just need to spend more time, but I, I don't feel like it's quite hitting the mark. So this is good because hopefully the more content, the more interested people will be in going back to it, I guess. Um, people like myself and, and Anton who haven't quite connected. Uh, next up, Brace Yourself Games are going to be doing a Crypt of the Necrodancer Physical and Collector's Edition. The Collector's Edition will include the game, a steel book, instruction manual, original soundtrack, collector's pin, bandana, and a cardboard slipcase. Uh, Al, have you played Crypt of the Necrodancer? I have not. Hmm. I thought you had, but I must have confused you with <laughs> Anton. <laughs> yes, I'm, I have bought it. I think I bought it for... Three pounds. I I never quite loved it, but I know many of people who absolutely adore it. Um, so you know, I think this is definitely for the collector uh, when you can get it for for so cheap. Um, I think the saddest thing about this is, and 
2020 that the instruction manual was part of the collector's edition. Um, <laughs> I know. That really hurts me inside. <laughs> Wild times. You can tell that it's uh, 2020, really. It's um, very, very sad. Um, but yes, I, I think it's it's good. It's good that we're getting a collection. We're getting a physical, sorry. Uh, that's good. But um, yeah, real shame that... Uh, a real shame that it's not... Um, you know, one that I think any of us will be particularly excited to pick up on day one. Yeah, it's um, at least nice that I came and go with the the new Breath, not the Breath of the Wild, the Zelda one, because that got the uh, Cadence of Hyrule. So I imagine many people would want the, the two of them, because I think Cadence of Hyrule's like brought people in and they're like, oh, this is super cool. And then they play Crypt of the Necrodancer and they're like, yeah, this is uh, the purest essence of what Crypt of the Necrodancer should be. So, uh, it's good to see the the original getting to love it, you know, probably deserves compared to the new one. So Sega Ages project, they've uh, come to a close. So they've kind of finished what they were planning to do in terms of releases. But the news is slightly better because the project head has said that considering that's ended, some are wondering if we've got any plans to continue re-releasing past titles. And they've said they do want that to happen and they broke, break, hope to bring something over that will really satisfy Switch players. So until then, we'll hope you'll look forward to it. Yeah, I mean... I'm all for old good titles coming to the Switch. I think the Sega Ages ones have been pretty good. I think the standard's been high, Anton. Yeah, you know, I, I think in all honesty, this is um, a, probably a fair reevaluation of the Sega Ages program because uh, I think we know it on the Switch as, you know, we get these nice six pounds um, you know, ports are really high done, done by M2. But, you know, I think Zega was really banking on the fact of these mobile versions where it's, you know, free to play. They've got ads on it, but you can buy the full version. And yeah, I don't know anybody who's played Sonic 2 or Gunstar Hero on their, their iPhone. So I think just focusing on the Switch and figuring out a, a more fitch, Switch tailored approach is probably for the best, wouldn't you say? So this is effectively just an internal what shuffling. It's it's admin effectively closing down a department, but they just carry on doing what they're doing with a different name. Is that basically what they're saying? Well, possibly. yeah, possibly do a different style. I don't think it necessarily will be the same type of like singular release at five pounds. I think they're looking at doing something slightly different. Whether that's a collection, whether that's you know a different name altogether and bringing out a few games physically i don't know but i I think they'll shift it slightly as well at this time you know given that they're changing things but yeah it's half and half it's partly admin and just changing things up and partly it's probably just finding a new way to you know sort of promote the same products maybe they're not having the success they wanted with sega ages because i think the sega ages titles are good i think the Price-wise, they're probably on the borderline of where they should be, really, because, you know, they're not the cheapest, but they're not the most expensive, you know, but they are old titles. But the ports are good. I think they're done well, so... Yeah. I think the the hopeful thing is, is, you know, the original grand plan for Sega Ages would have been that we got the... It was going to be all of the Sega catalogue, and then they never really got past the Mega Drive stuff. You know, the dream was we would be getting Dreamcast and Saturn and mm-hmm. uh, arcade ports, so original original just down to the metal am2 stuff so the hopeful thing is that now that they're not confined to doing a free-to-play mobile version of all these games that they can start just doing straight up ports that are just raw easy they can do start doing dreamcast stuff hopefully and yeah i'm really excited to see what zega can do now that they don't have to confine themselves to having a cheap mobile version as well yeah yeah 
Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Next up, this is a really good move. I think Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, the remastered edition, is going to be getting a light version. It'll be listed as a demo. features a substantial chunk of the start of the game. Uh, great way to do it. Dragon Quest, it works really well. You've got 10 hours of Dragon Quest. I think with Crystal Chronicles, because it was kind of emphasis on co-op originally as well, I think this is quite a clever way of getting people to have a go before deciding, because I think otherwise... A lot of people might have kind of forgotten about it because of where it landed in history. I think a lot of people might not have played it, so I think this is a good way to do it. Um, and let's have more of these, Al. Yeah, it's definitely a smart move. I mean, demos are always a good thing, and there seem to be more and more of them hitting the e-store sort of every week. People are remembering how useful and how powerful a demo is as a marketing tool. So give them to us, particularly when they're big, substantial chunks that really let you get your teeth into a game, sink some time in, and then they've basically got you by the short and curly is effectively because you want to keep playing it once you've invested yeah. that much time in a game you're going to keep going great idea yeah i think it's um real it's kind of genius on uh swearing it's fact that they're now moving away from calling them demos like calling them light versions because the 30 hour dragon quest demo and uh, they did it for another title i forget the name of it's just you know you are getting so much game for your your buck and to be honest if I played a 30-hour game and if it got to a decent point, like even if it wasn't a full story but kind of rounded off easily, that's like, a, you know, fairly, like that is more than I play some games that I pay £50 for. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, next up, Little Nightmares 2 is coming to Switch early next year. This is good news because it's been kind of announced for a while now and looks gorgeous. It's coming to all the other major platforms as well, but it's great to see games like this coming to the Switch, Anton. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's nice to hear that, you know, they have a plan because I think this one got really shuffled up in the, the past couple of months and the world falling apart. Uh, and, you know, it's good to see it's back on track and excited to see it because, you know, we don't get, like I always say, it, we don't get enough sequels to good indie tales. Uh, and I just love to see what kind of improvements are there to be had. Yeah, it's a nice art style, Al. It's a very nice art style. It's very, very dark. But actually, weirdly, I mean, you don't mean horror games. I don't do horror games. I don't like being scared. But this one is kind of cutesy and grim, I guess, maybe is a good word for it, rather than necessarily being downright, outright horror. It's creepy. That's what it is. Um, but yeah. in a kind of cutesy way. I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how the game plays, because actually, I, I'm, for the first time in a long time, tempted to go and buy a scary game. <laughs> Well, tempted. You're tempted. You converted you slowly but sure. Fortunately, I won't be able to hold your hand with social distancing in place, Al, so you just better be prepared. Uh, next up, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga is getting a gameplay trailer and a release window of 2021. So delayed, as we expected. I am still looking forward to this. I think it's going to be great. Um, I do need to go and watch, make sure I've watched all the films, though. But still, I'm excited about this one. I can finally get around to doing that. Uh, 2021, bit of a delay, but you still keen, Al, Al sir? Oh, yeah, more than ever. Now that I've seen the trailer, the game looks beautiful and uh, presumably trailers play taken from the ps5 or something like that because it's the lighting effects and things that are going on in there it's taking a lego game to the next level even if the switch game is anywhere close it should still be great because there's so many different modes you can play in there there's your usual lego star wars fighting stuff but they've got pod racing there they've got flying x-wings they've got all kinds of cool stuff um technically technologically it looks like a really accomplished lego game actually and i'm fascinated to see how this looks when it arrives on our wonderful little piece of hardware what do you reckon, Anton? Yeah, I, I'm totally with you there, Al, where 
you know, I think we've had, you know, Lego games for the past five, seven years. They've been good, but there's been a hint of, you know, they've kind of gotten a little bit stuck in their way. It's fantastic to see TT Games just be, it feels like they're being ambitious again. They're pushing it forward. They're doing something fresh. There's been rumors floating around, although I don't know how substantial there are, that they're possibly doing a non-dialogue mode for people who like their classic Star Wars ways or Lego ways. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it looks super polished. And I imagine it might be interesting as a non-Star Wars boy myself to just go in there and experience the Star Wars story as one encapsulated block i'm slightly tempted to do that <laughs> do yeah, it to be you fair to. <laughs> to be fair i played i watched the star wars films as a kid but there's i still have never seen the bad three properly um and i went into the old ones the very first sort of lego games without knowing the story particularly uh, and had forgotten the first films and it was still a great experience it made no a huge amount of difference to what i was doing so um but I, yeah i agree with you i think this just looks like it's taking it to the next level i love the kind of slightly more open worldy kind of look of it although i'm sure it will still be linear to a point but it feels more like they're you know they're really kind of moving things along and as you say i do think there was a tendency to kind of go well these games sell so we'll do another lego game and slap on whatever you know whatever kind of mode we want to call it or whatever theme we want to go with so this uh, and you know there's no bad thing those games are great but i think this does change it up a bit so yeah excited for this one i think it's going to be good next up lonely mountains downhill is going to be getting its first dlc Eldfall island it's a new island new hazards and weather haven't played the game but i like the look of it as well anton lonely mountains downhill dlc that's good news if you're someone who owns the game surely yeah, you know, it got reviewed really well. Uh, I know a couple of people who play it and have given it a go myself and uh, found it an absolutely charming game, super zen. And uh, I think the going for a more intense uh, kind of feeling for this next title might be a, an interesting spin because it is the original title is very zen and calming and you're just going for a gentle little cycle. Uh, whereas this uh, new island feels uh, a lot more uncharted and yeah. hazardous. So it looks quite fun. And uh you know, you can get the game, I think it's on sale right now for 14-ish pounds. So if you're curious, definitely give it a gander. Yeah, it's a decent looking game as well, Al. It is. And the addition of weather is actually quite a nice a nice way of mixing it up. So definitely worth checking out because games like that are always good fun. Okay, so last week we talked about the potential of a direct. And whilst we didn't get the full direct that we knew we weren't going to get uh, we did get a nintendo direct <laughs> mini partner showcase and there were a few announcements so i'm going to fly through these announcements because i'm sure people have spoken about these already but then i'm going to get your thoughts on what your highlights were again pretty good announcements though uh, sega announced uh, poyo poyo tetris 2 a new skill battle mode and adventure mode coming out december the 8th uh yeah okay i'll fly through them ubisoft announced just dance 2021 over 40 new songs coming out the 12th of november square enix announced collection of saga final fantasy legend uh, a collection of the first three game boy games coming to switch for 14.99 12th of november servios announced big rumble boxing uh, creed champions for switch it's a boxing game set in the rocky universe coming out 2021 square enix showcase more kingdom hearts melody of memory launching on the third 13th of november uh, and Bandai Namco announced Taiko no Tatsuchin Rhythmic Adventure Pack. Two 3DS adventure games coming to Switch uh, later in the year. So, yeah, not a huge direct, but a couple of big ones in there. Al, what were your standouts? 
<laughs> it will probably come as no surprise to anyone that the one that got me giddy with excitement was the Rocky fighting game, which is probably the least interesting to most people. But I love Rocky and I had an old Rocky fighting game and, yep, Creed, I'm, I'm definitely down for that. And actually, I'm really quite happy, it's probably the right word for it, actually, that they're bringing back the old Game Boy uh, Final Fantasy games and they're, they just, they're, they're not done anything with them. They're the same colour scheme. They're basically just a direct port of the original Game Boy Final Fantasy games. And it's really, really nice that they're doing that. What about you, Anton? What yeah, was your I'm, what was your I'm pick? Sim- similar to yourself, Al, where I'm so glad that the Final Fantasy are coming over because there are so many good Game Boy games that I'm kind of scared we're going to lose some of them um, just to time because it's not... People just don't seem to like porting them, not even Nintendo. They... They're like, yeah, we'll give you NES and SNES games. Those ones have nice colours, but glad to see that. Puyo Puyo Tetris is a weird one. Um, I don't know who's going to really buy it, because the, basically the whole sticks of it is just getting the the adventure mode, which I don't really think many people are uh, heavily invested in the lore of Tetris x Puyo Puyo. I, I may be surprised, but... Um, well, you know, yeah, Al's secretly been the... <laughs> Well, I can tell you that I've played the adventure mode on the first one. <laughs> oh. On uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris um, and in co-op. And it's, to be honest, I'm not really pay, paying attention to what the heck's going on other than just trying to progress through the game. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't bother <laughs> me particularly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Puyo Puyo Tetris is a great game. It's a really great game. So, number two, I'm interested to see how different that is and whether it's even worth considering. My my instinct is No. <laughs> Yeah, and um, the the Kingdom Hearts one, I got so excited for a second, like a second hand for Kingdom Hearts fans, and I could only imagine the disappointment when it was just melody of memories again because, mm. you know, I think a, a lot of people just want Kingdom Hearts but <laughs> on the Switch, but I'm sure it'll be an all right game, but give us uh, the full fat Kingdom Hearts, I say. Well, yeah. none of us are massively excited about Just Dance 2021. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> I was you know- actually like on the edge of my seat because the last game got a Wii port. I'm like, are they going to double dunk with a Wii port in 2021? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think a lot of people will still go out and buy that game and and, and that's fine. Like, it's, it's probably a lot of fun. It's probably a lot of fun. It's fine. Poi Tetris. Sorry, Anton. No, I was just going to say my favourite thing about Just Dance 2021 coming to Nintendo Switch is that they don't even act like there's more features. They're just like, we've added a bunch of songs from TikTok. Have fun. No new yeah. features. It looks the same. Have fun. <laughs> pretty much. And that's pretty much how the charts have worked this year. Just added a few songs from TikTok, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, Poyo Poyo Tetris 2, for me, I'm interested to see what the new things they add are. Probably not going to buy it. I think if you've got one... <sighs> I don't know. Maybe I'll be proved wrong. Just Dance 2021, not so bothered about. Like you, really charmed by the Final Fantasy games. And I think it's really cool that we're getting those. And I think they still look great, even though, you know, I forget how clean those Game Boy games look. You know, uh, uh, yeah, the, the Game Boy games look, even though they're, you know, color-wise, it's it's obviously just what Game Boys were. But um, they look good. And I bet you they're great stories. I bet I bet you they're really good fun to play. So I'm, I'm looking at those and going, yeah, $14.99 seems fair. Uh, Big Rumble Boxing, pff, couldn't care less, but that's just because <laughs> I'm not bothered about it. Uh, I'm sure it'll be good, though. And then Kingdom Hearts, like you, Anton, I looked at it and went, oh, I bet you so many people are disappointed right now because I was like, oh, we're getting killed. Oh, no, we're not. It's that game. <laughs> it's the it's the music yeah. one. But that's fine. It looked all right. And then the the last one, the Rhythmic Adventure Pack. Yeah, cool. Bring them to the Switch. Nothing exciting for, for me personally, but, you know, looks all right. So... 
So yeah, I think we have very similar thoughts on that. Actually, it's very it's very rare we agree with our assessments of these. But um, yeah, I'm going to give a very quick score. Direct mini. I'm going to give it a seven. Anton. Um. Yeah, a, a seven, a seven, but a low seven. Yeah. If there was me one too. bad game in there, it would have been a like right down to six right away. But overall, yeah. very consistent. And I must say, for 3DS games, oh, Taiko no Tits. It's true. Games scrubbed up really well. They they didn't look like 3DS games. It was only upon researching, realizing they were. Yeah. Uh, yeah how about yourself, Al? I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. I'm going with both of you guys. I'm going to give it a seven. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing amazing. It was good. Yeah. Solid. Fine. Yeah. Done. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Next up, it is time for Indie Corner. And this is where Leona, who our Patreon supporters will know from last call very well by now, I'm sure. Uh, Leona reviews a game that uh, we maybe haven't played. It's usually an indie title, maybe one that's hidden on the eShop and that you might not know about, or perhaps it's a new one. And in this case, it's a brand new one uh, because uh, Leona is talking about Spiritfarer, which of course is the game that was announced at the Indie World Direct uh, just recently. It's been getting well reviewed. And let's hear what Leona thought of Spiritfarer. Spiritfarer is a management game that was dropped during the recent Indie World Direct. In it, you play Estella, who, along with her cat Daffodil, has been tasked with ferrying souls to the afterlife. You build and improve your ship with everything needed to keep the souls happy as you explore the world and lead them to the other side. You are also tasked with helping these souls in any last wishes or wants they may have, from searching out important childhood belongings to simply making a garden so they can sing along to some plants. I was happy to find that it isn't just a bog-standard management game. It's also a 2D platformer, letting you explore the islands and caves using abilities that can be improved once you've collected enough souls. The movement is light and fluid, it's really satisfying to bounce around your ship as it grows bigger. You continuously build rooms which you can stack above each other on stilts, creating a really dynamic area that's ever-changing with the needs of the souls aboard. Stella and Daffodil also have a glowing orb called the Everlight. This is used to perform many of the needed tasks, it transforms into things like pickaxes and saws to collect materials and so on. Because of the simplicity of this mechanic, you never feel bored or like you're having to grind for materials. There's also no time crunch or thread of danger to stress you out. If you leave something in the oven, it'll be okay when you come back to it. If you fall off the boat, it'll just wait until you climb back in. All of this adds to the lovely, relaxing feeling of this game. I almost can't describe how soothing it is to play. They do a great job of taking the subject matter and making it feel warm and inviting. You exist to help people here. The animation is also gorgeous. Its nostalgic, hand-drawn style really adds to the atmosphere. The characters are all really interesting and well thought out. Most of the souls you pick up knew Stella before she became the spirit fairer and have plenty of stories from the past to tell. They each have a clear personality and reasons for each of their dying wishes. It doesn't feel like random tasks to fill out a game. You really feel like you're helping. Each request brings about a story, a memory for the person, something to feel again before crossing over. Spirit Fader is successful in creating an experience. Its message that everyone has a time and that that's okay is a poignant one, and one that you start to feel yourself as the game comes to a close. It's relaxing yet fun, and a game that I got lost in for hours at a time. I think just about everyone could get something from Spirit Fader, so it's another definite recommendation from me. So... Yeah, I think we can safely say that Leona's a fan. Uh, very zen is a good way to describe it, I think. And um, it is, it's reflected in the reviews, Anton. The reviews themselves have been very good. Yeah, you know, I think we we discussed it when it was shown at the, the Underworld. It was a true standout game from the event. And I'm so glad 
uh, it's meeting expectations and then kind of succeeding them in some ways. Uh, you know, would love to get my hands on it. And, you know, I know a couple people who are, are big Switch fans who have been uh, really sinking their teeth into it. And, you know, the, this what I've been hearing back, it's a great game to play before bed. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm super glad to hear this news, Al. Yeah, likewise. It's one that uh, after the Direct came out, I thought, I want to go buy that game. And to be fair, I actually went as far as getting to the e-store, saw the price and thought, oh, wait, it comes on a sale, which is really, really bad. But it does look beautiful. And hearing Leona saying that how, how calming and zen it is and hearing a bit more about the mechanic has made me want to play it even more because it just there's something very charming about it. And, yeah. and Leona obviously can't praise it enough. So, uh, yeah, I think we're all, sounds like, on board with this one. Yeah, agreed. And Leona's often quite hard on these games she's as in she's she knows these games quite well so i think when she says you know when she's given it a good review i think it's probably a very good sign so yeah definitely check out spirit fairer i'm sure you will have seen it i know a lot of people have been talking about that in our discord as well okay it's time then for this week's rumors now i'm not normally one for gossip but now i don't want to brag but <laughs> I did mention last week that I think a pro would be announced soon. Now, we haven't had that announcement yet, but the rumour mill has been in overdrive this week. And I think we've consistently said from day one, we're not that bothered about a pro. However, however, I will say it all depends on what the pro is. Now, Taiwanese newspaper United Daily News has stated that Nintendo will launch a new Switch in 2021. Production will start at the end of 2020. And a launch is planned for quarter one of 2021. My first thought on that, the one reason I'm sceptical, Al, I would be very surprised if they're starting production in quarter four and then it's going to be finished by quarter one 2021. <laughs> I'd also be surprised if they release something in quarter one. That is not the usual time to release a console. You'd normally release it in Q3 or Q4 for Christmas sales. Yeah. So why would they do that? Mm, yeah. But having said that, it's been backed up a few times, hasn't it? Yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of talk about this this week, and there's been other sources have said similar things about uh, the pro. Um, we're not going to go into detail today about what we think a pro will and won't be. We just want to figure out whether this is this rumor has legs. Anton, do you think there's something in this? Yeah, I'm unlike yourselves. I'm actually quite. Uh, I believe these statements because I think they've not even. Like the PS5 and Series X aren't yet in production and they're coming out Christmas just. And, um, you know, the Switch launched in the first quarter of 20, like in 2017. So they could time it around the anniversary of the console. And then it's like out there, they have the quick surge of kind of Nintendo fanboys and us buying it. And then they kind of get the stocks under control and then it's ready for summer, uh, which is like handheld uh, golden time. So. This seems like what I would expect for Nintendo. But I would say if this is true, I think we're getting a Breath of the Wild delay because that seems like the mm -hmm. perfect title to launch it with. Yeah. Um. How, how about yourselves? Where, where are you feeling about this? Um. Well, as you know, last week I said that I think this would happen. So I do think it will happen. I'd, I'm not disagreeing that it'll happen. What I have a slight question over are these dates. Um, I think you make a lot of sense though. March makes a lot of sense. Um, and of course that is Q1. I was thinking that was more like Q2, but actually you're right. Uh, the Switch did launch in Q1. So actually four years on, four years is a pretty good cycle for a, a console without a revision. I do worry about revisions though. I just, I know Nintendo do this. I just always worry about people being left behind and people who've invested in the Switch and then suddenly... 
you know, they can't play certain games and, and all the rest of it, which is going to be the case, I think, if we get a pro. Having said that, if the pro does improve and all the things we've talked about over the years that the Switch doesn't do, then perhaps I'd be keen. You know, if I can play Red Dead 2 on the go, then mm, I'm tempted. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm in two minds about it. I love my Switch. I don't really want to move on yet. Um, Let me ask you something. What if they branded it differently? Instead of calling mm. it Switch Pro, what if they called it the Switch 2 or the Nintendo something else that just had backward compatibility to play Switch games? Would that change your mind? So literally the same product, it's a different name and a different ethos. No, I wouldn't change my mind. I, for me, the Switch does everything I want a console to do at this point in time. It's Are up you to not Nintendo. looking at an Xbox and PS5 going, oh, they look so pretty, I wish we had a bit more horsepower? Because as much as I love the Switch, and don't get me wrong, I love the Switch, I am beginning to feel little jealous thoughts at the back of my head creeping in when I see what the new generation consoles can do. And I don't want the Switch to be able to do that, but I wouldn't mind mm. the Switch can do just a little bit better than it does at the moment. Yeah, but I don't I, no, really I, want an iteration either. I want a new Switch or something rather than just an iteration because I don't like iterations. Yeah, I don't like iterations. I don't think the name thing would change my mind on it. I still love the Switch and where it is. I, I'm not that worried about it. I mean, I don't, I'm looking at the stuff on the, the new Xbox and PlayStation 5 and I'm going, it looks great, but I'm not that bothered about it. I've got to be honest, there's very little in there that I go, oh, I'm so jealous I don't have that game. Um... But that's up to Nintendo to change my mind by coming out with something that is just like, actually, you want to play it. And actually, if if it is different enough, I might be more persuaded. I just worry that it's going to be this kind of like half-hearted upgrade that people are a bit caught in two minds about. And then, I, you know, we're going to be a bit lost with it. I just worry about that. Maybe I'll be wrong, but that's my concern. Anton, where do you sit on it? Um, yeah, I'm... I, I really want a pro. <laughs> I'm kind of sick of the Switch. I think it could be a lot better. Uh, there's some stuff like the screen that was out of date when the Switch was new. And I think, uh, you know, it's interesting where we're at the point where we could have a new Switch. It would be earlier than we ever expected, but it wouldn't be impossible. And um, I've, you know, leaning into the next generation, we're finally at the point where the Switch is starting to get consistent big ports and you know going into the next generation maybe a little bit more power to just keep us getting some of those because you know the outer world is running on a console from 2013 and the switch port looked so much worse than that and you know i think if it's going to try and just a little bit more power so we can get ps5 ports i think would be ideal um and I'm hopeful, you know, we've had two fairly successful um, half-step generations with the the One X and the PS4 Pro, which makes me hopeful with Nintendo having done far more half-step ports like consoles in the past, they can maybe do it in a sensible manner. So I'm really optimistic. Yeah. If you you could fix what you said, there's there's a few things that bother you about the Switch. Is it, if you could pick one thing to change, what would it be? Because I know what I would pick about the Switch. But I'll tell you in a second. Mike, if you could change one thing, what would you change about it? Sorry, I was just going to mention before that I do have the best clickbait title now for the whole episode, and that is Anton saying, I'm kind of sick of the Switch, um, <laughs> which I can't believe you said and I'm disgusted by. But um, uh, what would I change about the Switch? Um, I would probably... I'd like every, I'd like them to be able to run more things at 60 frames per second, I think. Anton? 
Um, for me, I think having a nicer screen, like the bezels, like looking at modern phones, like they're right up to the edges and there's no cameras on the Switch. So they could really push that, have a 1080p. That's that's the goal for me. But how about yourself, Al? So I'm kind of similar, but for a completely different reason. I want the screen to be changed, but it's nothing to do with the, the um, uh, resolution or the size. I want it brighter. I want to be able to go outside with my portable gaming console and be able to play it. Because you take yeah, it in the sun, you can't see the thing. It drives yeah, me yeah. nuts. That is a good point. Yeah, brighter screen, please. Which means bigger battery, but that's fine. They can do that. Yeah, okay. I'm a, actually, I think that's a good call, Al. I don't say that often, but I, uh, I think that's a good call. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Look, I, I, when I say I'm not one, I, you know what I'm like. I'm super protective of the Nintendo Switch, okay? I'm that, I'm that guy that will defend the Switch till the bitter end. And I feel like that right now. I feel like I'm defending the Switch a little bit because I'm a bit concerned about this Pro. But like you, I'll probably be in the queue to buy on day one. So it's like, you know, what I don't want to do is not be able to play all my games I have right now. Like I want to be able to play every single game. If that changes, that's going to really hurt. And I think that's one worry about it not being an iteration, weirdly, is that if it's different and we can't play those games, I'm like, I don't want a Switch and this new thing, Switch 2, Switch Pro, whatever. I, I want to be able to do everything on the Switch Pro. So yeah, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting time. Uh, Dr. Serkan Toto of Kantan Games, what a name, uh, says there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Nintendo will launch a Switch Pro. So there you go. There's some more to back up there. Bloomberg's uh, Takashi Mochisuki corroborated the story as well, saying that outsiders have been briefed on Nintendo's strategy and Nintendo's looked into including more computing power and 4K high-def graphics. Can I just say... Do I not get some sort of like, you know, congratulations for being right last week when we talked about this? Because I said this. I, no. I love the, the polar, like, the, the two sides of Mike 1. I think this is going to be the year of the Switch Pro also. I hate the Switch Pro. <laughs> but look, last week we said... You're, you're, me- you were on it, yes. What was the meeting about? And I said, ah, it's going to be about the Switch Pro. I was laughed out of town, I tells you. I said it too, I just didn't say into a microphone because, you know, I wasn't here last week. Yeah. Uh, on Sega's... Oh, of course you weren't. <laughs> on Sega's official website, Sonic Forces 2 has been leaked for the Nintendo Switch. Um, I finished Sonic Forces. Uh, I quite enjoyed Sonic Forces in a this game's broken kind of way, but it was all right. It was okay. It wasn't terrible. Um, I'm all for Sonic Forces 2, but let's make it better, Anton. Did you play the first one? Surely you did. Yep, um, I, I played the first one, uh, bought it early on. Uh, within the, the Sonic fans' base, uh, it was kind of seen as a little bit mediocre, and some people are angry that the, they're doing a sequel to it, but ultimately, it wasn't. there's nothing foundationally wrong with it. Uh, you know, you know, you've got modern Sonic, you've got a little bit of classic. I know people would like Riddle Classic, the Avatar, and the story. Apparently, it had a bit of a tortured development cycle where basically they started developing it for several years and then they had scrapped the engine because it didn't work on any of the new consoles and start from scratch. So hopefully with the actual time this time, without having to scrap it and, you know, learning from the lessons because foundationally could make for a fairly good sequel and, you know, at least they're sticking by a franchise because they've not done many sequels outside of the adventure games in the classic trilogy. Yeah, oh, my knowledge strong. of Sonic is atrocious. I should go and Google what Sonic Forces was. That's all I'm oh, going to say on the matter. Yeah. I just don't do Sonic yeah, games. I mean, based... The last Sorry, time I played was Sonic 1. I may have played Sonic 2. I can't remember. I haven't played any since then. 
Yeah, I mean, Sonic Forces is, is the is the classic kind of three um, D Sonic games that never quite stood the test of time against the the two Ds, and then of course Sonic Mania came along, and it was great in a totally different way but yeah no I, I didn't mind the game at all I didn't mind it at all and um, I wouldn't say I was blown away by it but uh, a second one cool bring it on I'm up for that that sounds good and uh, as you mentioned earlier Al it could be that they're sort of looking at the Mario you know anniversary and going mm, let's kind of get a bit of a move on here anyway that is it uh, for the rumours and uh, lots to think about I think we're going to be up for a really interesting few months if I'm perfectly honest but let's move on though to another topic which I love talking about every week and that is this week's quiz I Okay, Al, you're back. And uh, last yeah. week, Anton uh, played against Emily. What was the score, Anton? Um, I, I think I won. You won 3 0, I think, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, I felt bad. I felt evil. <laughs> to be fair, it was one of those weeks. You know, the weeks where Anton just gets it instantly. It was one of those. That's every week, Mike. That's every week. Yeah. <laughs> every second week, Al. Come on. Okay. Except this Detroit become human. That is yeah, embarrassing. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that was the week I wasn't here. Uh, right, so the I don't know what the score is, but we'll just call it 12-10 uh, to Anton because I think it's a roughly that kind of score. So if Al gets this one, it's 12-all. If Anton wins, it's 13-10 because we score things weird. Are you yes. ready? Yep. Indeed. The first game. This was an action-driving video game and the first instalment in the series. Action-driving. What did you say? Stuntman? Stuntman, no. Action driving? Uh, Ridge Racer? I don't know. No. It was released on the PlayStation on the 25th of June, 1999, and it was inspired by movie car chases. Oh, the, oh it wasn't the getaway. Uh, oh, crap, we're going to say something now. Oh, well, the getaway. Uh, driver? <laughs> well done, Anton. It is Driver. driver. You got it. exactly what uh, I meant, because the getaway was with uh, Matt London, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was PS2, but Driver and the PS1, yeah. It was a um, great game, I love Driver, although that very first yeah. bit when you were trying to drive around the car park at the beginning to learn how to do it was bloody difficult. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. just going to ask, did any of you ever got past it? Because I was like at the age there where I was like, this is the game, it's just a parking Oh yeah, I completed the game. It was awesome. I loved that game. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was a big fan of that game uh, when it came out. Just It was just pushing the PlayStation to its limit. It was just like, you know, right on the edge there. Um, it's, a, it's a game that's been ported plenty as well. Actually, you can get on iOS, um, bizarrely enough. I didn't know that, but you can pick up on iOS. It's also on, it was on the Game Boy Color as well. So there you Oh, go. the Game Boy Color was 3D and it like... The Game wow. Boy was practically on fire. It, was, <laughs> it really pushed the hardware to its limit. And similarly, <laughs> Driver 2 came out close to Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah. And it tried to do Grand Theft Auto 3 on the PS1. And it just wow. was pushing the console to the breaking point. It's yeah. uh, really impressive to look at. Yeah, uh, it was a great game at the time. Definitely a great game. And I remember it. Uh, I remember it well when it was when it was released. So yeah, uh, one of the, the classics of the PlayStation 1 era, but that makes it 1-0 to Anton. So the next game. Uh, 2003 video game, the fourth of this franchise all based on a television show and the only multi-platform game in the series. It came out in the GameCube, the PS2 and the Xbox. Any guesses? Good Lord. SpongeBob uh, Battle for Bikini Bomb? Nope. It, I'll keep going. It was the first to allow players to control characters other than the main character and featured a fully developed multiplayer mode. 
In the game, the main character discover, discovers that Ethan Rain is at the centre of a great struggle with the first, literally the first incarnation of evil the world has ever known. Oh dear, I'm drawing a blank here. I am going to give you if you give me the... Show. The show. Any other? Uh, 24. Nope. The, uh, <laughs> Rangers. The, the subtitle to this, this game was Chaos Bleeds on the PlayStation 2. As I mentioned, it was the fourth in their series. Uh, there was a comic book prequel published by Dark Horse. Uh, I'll give you some other character names if nobody gets it this time around. Um, and the game was also written by the same writers of the comic as well. GameCube version of this game uh, got pretty good reviews. Anyone else know? No, totally drawing uh, back at the moment. Fairy Godparents. No. Just thrown out... <laughs> Okay, I won't tell you the main character because that'll give it away, but we have Willow, Xander, and Spike. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, well done. Weirdly, oh, weirdly that, that was what I was thinking the game games. might be, but I've never, I didn't realize they ever made a game of it. <laughs> they made four, Al. <laughs> <laughs> what? So there you are. Man, Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Chaos Bleeds. It was released in 2003 on the GameCube, PlayStation 2, and Xbox. So there you are. I do vaguely uh, remember there being a game, actually, of it. I don't think I ever played them, but I. I just have this image in my head of her collecting rings or something random. I was like, why on earth is Buffy collecting rings? Yeah. It was so weird. Um, yeah, it, but well done. I mean, um, I, I did you watch the show, Al? Uh, I did for a while. And to be fair, when I was a student, I, for about a month, I had bleached blonde white hair and I looked exactly like Spike. It was not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> I love God. that. I love that. I mean... Um, I'll I'll stick it, if real... I can find a photograph I'll stick it in our Discord for anyone who wants to sort of laugh at me feel free I have to mention to you as well Al because um, this did make me laugh this week uh, I found your Twitter account that you opened briefly in 2010 um, and it has your 2010 profile picture on it as well which I genuinely shared to Leona um, from <laughs> no. Indie Corner and said who who dis and she said, I've not a clue who it is. Who is it? <laughs> Couldn't believe it when I said it was you. I can't, what, what, what was it? You need to show me what this picture is now. Do you want me to Where show you, you on the camera? Yeah, yeah, I'll show you. In fact, I'll do it in last call. I'll show you in last call for our ah. Discord, okay? A little wee tease for little our tease. Patreon members. <laughs> okay, uh, this one, the game title, you got to tell me the year. And it's 1-1, one, one, so there's all to play for. Anton, you're going to go first. The game this week is Alrighty. Extreme Sports with the Berenstein Bear, Bears. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go for 1998. I'll go 1999. There you go, Nick. Nice and easy. Okay, the premise of this, kayaking, dirt biking, tobogganing, uh, just three of the half dozen sports you can force on a bunch of innocent bears. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Game wasn't well received. It was released on the Game Boy Color. So you're both in the right ballpark. Um, And uh, yes, it uh, wasn't particularly well received. I love the, the... the sort of art in it. It reminded me of like the old Spectrum-y kind of games. The art was like hand-drawn. But well done, Al. You've won it this week because it was 2000. Celebrate good times. Come on. (laughs) So that makes it 12-all. I mean, it's probably not, but we'll go with 12-all. Sure. I mean, uh, we all know it's really sort of what... 14 nils. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, uh, well done, Al. You you did. You've, You've snatched... Victory from the jaws of defeat once again. So, well done. Lovely, lovely. 
And that Thanks, is it. <laughs> yeah, well done. Thank you. And well done, everybody uh, who got those right. If you're playing along whilst listening, uh, I know that some people will have got those right and will have been shouting at Al and at Anton and probably me too. Uh, but with that, that is it for this week. Just a quick reminder, nsukp.co.uk, the website forward slash support dash us. If you want to check out our Patreon tiers, there's loads of great goodies to be had. As Anton mentioned earlier, I think we've now recorded 152 podcasts uh, all in all and you get a whole load of extras if you become one of our Discord, uh, sorry, our Patreon members, plus the Discord as well and a mug eventually. Uh, anything you want to add, Anton, before we finish up? Um, yeah, just uh, just the website's the main place to go, nsukp.co.uk, has links to our YouTubes, our Facebooks and uh, you can learn all about kind of the rewards we do on the, the Patreon because... Uh, I think we get a you get a pretty sweet deal and it's fairly affordable if you're you're interested and uh, again and it much us. love. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, oh, because we've not yeah we're not mentioned for a while, so if you've not already left us an iTunes review, we would be very grateful if you don't become a uh, Patreon, yes. but you would want to support us. Leaving a review is a great way to do that because it helps us climb charts, get recognition, and lets us get into more people's ear holes, which is always a good thing from our point of view. Yeah, it does a huge uh, favour to us, actually. Um, and we really appreciate it. So if you have got time and you do enjoy the show, if you're able to leave us a five-star review and, and even write something that you know you like about the show, then that would be great because it does help us just get noticed a bit more, which all in all helps the show. So that is it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a week's time. Our Patreon supporters will be getting in... Uh, what are we getting this week? We're getting Roundup this week. Is Roundup. We had yes. uh, the prequel last week with the original Xbox and uh, Roundup will be going over everything coming out in the, the next fortnight yep. uh, and just kind of picking out the new Noteworthy, which is always a little bit handy. Yes, and some deals as well. And Last Call, of course, which we're recording in just a moment. And that is it. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.